اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار Today insha'Allah ta'ala the topic of today's lecture insha'Allah is going to be the importance of learning our obligation now the topic itself or the title of the lecture itself is something that should keep us attentive and should draw our attention one second please because when something has an importance it means that thing deserves our attention because it is important and this topic is the importance of learning our obligation and the fact that the title in itself contains learning it shows the importance of the topic because innamal ilm bitaallum that knowledge can only be attained as i said through learning and knowledge is extremely important because this knowledge is our key to the ultimate success that success which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said dhalikal fawzul azim that is the greatest success dhalikal fawzul kabir that is the great success and what is the success when we say we're successful what does it mean we're successful it means we attain the jannah the paradise of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the key to the paradise of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is come in hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam miftahul jannah the key to paradise what is the key to the jannah of allah azza wa jalla who could answer that question unfortunately you have to type the question or you could unmute them to answer what is the key to the jannah the paradise of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the key to the paradise of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is la ilaha illallah as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said miftahul jannah la ilaha illallah man mat and whoever dies saying la ilaha illallah dakhala aljannah enters the paradise of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how is this connected to knowledge because wahab ibn nabih one of the salaf he said ma min miftahin illa wa lahu asnan there's not a key except it has teeth so there's not a key except it has teeth if la ilaha illallah is the key to jannah it has conditions and one of the conditions of la ilaha illallah is al-ilm and that's why the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in hadith man mata wa huwa ya'lam annahu la ilaha illallah dakhala al-jannah whoever dies knowing knowing there's no deity worthy of worship but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enters the jannah the paradise of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says illa man shahida bil haqq except for the one who bears witness who bears witness and testifies with truth wa hum ya'lamun and he knows for certainty and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fa'lam know have knowledge annahu la ilaha illallah there's no deity that deserves to be worshiped by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this topic of learning or attaining knowledge is not just attaining knowledge for has and it stops there it's attaining knowledge of our obligations and this shows the importance of this topic that number one 
We're learning, we're attaining ilm. And ilm is extremely important, but not just learning, but learning that which is obligatory. And in many of our classes, we've given definitions of things like wajib. And for those sisters and also the brothers that have attended these classes, we always give definitions of things. Why? We always say, Ruling of something is only a small branch of his perception. For you to perceive that thing completely, you need to define it. So therefore we define what is wajib. A wajib is something Something which is wajib, which is obligatory, is that thing, that ignorance of it could not be excused. That which is wajib, as we defined in our previous classes, is It is something that the one who does it is rewarded by Allah Azza wa Jal. And the one that leaves it off is punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the learning that we're going to do, or it's obligatory upon us, not just any learning, but rather learning of that which is obligatory upon us, that which is wajib. And this shows, again, the importance of this topic, that we want to learn that which is wajib, obligatory upon us. Now, which type of knowledge is obligatory upon us? The Prophet wasallam said in a hadith, that al-ilm faridatun ala kulli muslim, that knowledge is obligatory, it's an obligation upon every single Muslim. And the type of knowledge that's met here is knowledge which is fardu'ain, which is obligatory upon every single Muslim. Imam Ahmed, rahimahullahu azza wa jal, concerning this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said this knowledge which is obligatory upon every single one of us that we have to learn, is a ma la yasa' al-Muslim jahlahu is that knowledge which a Muslim is not permissible or it should not be ignorant about. Mithlu arkanil Islam, like the pillars of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Knowing the pillars of al-Islam is not just to read it off and say that Islam is built upon five pillars. Each and every single pillar, we have to have proper knowledge of those pillars. Arkanul iman, the pillars of faith, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aqsamu Tawheed, the categories of Tawheed. And likewise, Nawaqidul Iman, the things that negate that Tawheed or negate Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the obligatory knowledge. So in your weekly classes, you're doing fiqh. This fiqh which you are doing, which is, who could define fiqh for me? Al-fiqhu is ma'rifa ahkam al-shari'iyya, is to have knowledge of the rules and the regulations of the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, min adillatiha al-tafsiliya, from his specific evidences from the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is from the obligatory knowledge which we have to have. So we started by saying the knowledge which is obligatory, which is obligatory, is firstly the arkan al-Islam, the pillars of al-Islam, that which Islam is built upon. And if one of these pillars is missing, that Islam, it collapses. But it's not enough for us to know what the pillars are. We have to have knowledge of each and every single pillar. Why? Knowledge precedes statements and actions. And the first of those pillars, and the most important of those pillars is la ilaha illallah, the tawheed. Kalimatul tawheed. We have to have proper knowledge 
of this first pillar, La ilaha illallah. Therefore, from the first of obligations, first obligation is to have proper knowledge of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Proper knowledge of the shahada. That when you say La ilaha illallah, it does it just mean there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger? No. You should know what it means and the conditions of this La ilaha illallah. That when you say La ilaha illallah, you are negating it, you're affirming that. First and foremost, you negate everything that's worshipped. Illallah, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you affirm the worship to Allah azza wa jal. So the first obligation upon all of us is knowledge of Tawheed. Before anything else, before anything else, alhamdulillah, we learn fiqh, we learn tajweed, we learn other things, tafsir. But the most important of this knowledge is the knowledge of Tawheed. Because if this is lacking, this is the foundation. Every single thing after that will be lacking. If there is no Tawheed, the first pillar of Islam, if the Shahada is missing, or if there's things that contradict it and negate it, every single thing which comes after that, the Salah, the fasting, the Hajj, the Zakat, becomes all null and void. All null and void. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that indeed is being revealed to you. And to those we came before you. And here Allah Ta'ala is talking to the Prophet. That if you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you was to fall into shirk, associate and partners of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all your actions will become null and void. The salah, the zakah the charity, the prayer, every single thing. And you be from the losers. So the first obligation, the knowledge, which is obligatory, is knowledge of Tawheed. And what is the proof that the knowledge of Tawheed is the first thing we need to learn? The proof is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fa'lam, know. Allah ta'ala did not just say, just believe. Fa'lam, know. No, there's no deity worthy of worship but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, and when we're talking about fiqh, al-fiqh al-akbar, the greatest fiqh, the biggest and the largest and the most important fiqh is fiqh al-tawheed, understanding the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing that which contradicts it from shirk so you do not fall into shirk. Now, after this first pillar of Islam, from the things which are obligatory from the arkan of Islam, is a salah. This salah, which is Amudu Deen, which is the pillar of the Deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This salah, which is al fasil bayn shirki wal kufur wal iman, which is the deciding factor, the criteria between belief in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, shirk and kufur, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, bayn rajuli between a man and salah, between a man, afwan, and shirk and kufr is the leaving off of the salah. This salah, which is the most important pillar after the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this salah, which is from the expiations of our sins, it is an obligation upon us to have knowledge of the salah. And why is it obligatory to have ilm salah Because generally, as we say, every single act of ibadah, every single act of worship, it should be preceded by knowledge. And also, every act of worship, in order to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it has to have two conditions. 
Number one, sincere intention. And number two, it has to be according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person doesn't know the rules and the regulations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how sure is he is that his salah or her salah is according to the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? They could not be sure. So the salah, it is important to have knowledge of the salah. Also, specifically when we're speaking about salah, salah has arkan. Salah, it has pillars. And the salah has a wajibat, it has obligations. Why is it important to know the arkan salah, the pillars of the salah, the wajibat is salah, and the obligations of the salah? This is a question I put to you. Why is it important to know the obligations of the salah and the pillars of the salah? Why is it important to show the importance of having knowledge about the salah? Because there's something called sujood as-sahu, which is prostration due to mistakes. And this prostration due to mistakes and mistaking salah, a person that doesn't know the pillars of the salah, the obligations of the salah will make mistakes when it comes to this. Let's give an example. For example, a person is at the second rak'ah. From the obligation of the salah is the tashahud in the second rak'ah. From the obligations of what? Of the salah. From the pillars of the salah is what? Reading Surah Al-Fatiha. A pillar takes precedence over an obligation. A pillar takes precedence over what? An obligation. So if a person is in the second rak'ah and is supposed to do a tashahud and he's forgotten and he begins to stand up, what does he do? Does he continue to stand up or he goes back down? He goes back down because that's an obligation. What if the person is fully erected and he's already begins, began Surah Al-Fatiha? What does he do or what does she do? Does she go back down or continue with the Fatiha? Even they, do, they didn't do the Tashah. What does the person do? He continues with Fatiha because that is a pillar. And the pillar has precedence over the obligations. But if a person doesn't have knowledge of the Salah, they will not know what to do in this instance. Likewise, Salah, it, in order for it to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like all acts of wish, all acts of worship, in order to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like all acts of worship, it has conditions. It has conditions. In the same way, la ilaha illallah, it has conditions. Salah has conditions. The shurut salah A person who doesn't know the conditions of the salah, how sure are they that the salah is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? From the conditions of salah, for example, is a tahara, cleanliness, cleanliness of clothes, the place, and also cleanliness of one's body. From the conditions of salah, likewise, is that the person's aura should be covered. But even when it comes to these, con these conditions of salah, a person who doesn't have the knowledge, proper knowledge of the conditions and what takes priority over what? He could be in a situation, or she could be in a situation, whereby they are in a place which is impure. Their clothing is impure. Jayyid, their body is impure. And they're in a state, their aura, their private parts, or their body is not completely covered. And the time of salah is about to come out. What did they do in that instance? Should they wait? For example, they've not prayed asr, and maghrib is coming in. Should they wait until the time they're fully covered? They could purify themselves, be in a pure place, 
and pray Asr at the time of Maghrib, or did they pray in the same condition they're in? They pray in the same condition they're in. Why? Because the obligation of time, it takes precedence over all of those things, subhanAllah. And this shows the importance of knowledge. I have knowledge of the shurut, the conditions of salah, such as istiqbal al-qibla, facing the qibla. Likewise, not only the salah has condition, one of the most important aspects of the salah is what? Al-khushur, is to have concentration, humility in the salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاسْتَعِينُ بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ With patience and salah. And out of the ayah end, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ it is something very, very, very difficult to do except for those who have khushur, humility in salah. This khushur is knowledge in itself. From the knowledge a person needs is asbabul khushur, what could cause humility in salah. Because khushur in itself is knowledge. And that's why the Prophet said, from the signs of Yawm Al-Qiyamah, yurfa'u al-ilm, from the signs of the day of judgment, that knowledge will be lifted. And the first knowledge that will be lifted is al-khushur, is humility, concentration in salah. That you enter a masjid, you not find, you almost not find a single person who has this khushur, concentration in a salah. Likewise, this salah, all the excellences of the salah, all the excellences of the non-obligatory prayers, the reward of it and the excellences of it could not be realized except with knowledge. As an example, Sunnatul Fajr, the Prophet وسلم, he said, The Sunnah of Salatul Fajr, Khayru mina dunya wa mafiha. The Sunnah, the Raka'atay al Fajr, the two Raka'ah you pray before Fajr, Khayru mina dunya. It is better than everything, it's better than the dunya and everything in the dunya. Those two Raka'ah. Subhanallah, better than everything. Look at the excellence of the Salat of, of, the, of the Sunnah of Fajr. Those two Raka'ah, Sunnah, voluntary prayer before Fajr. But these two Raka'ah, a question is this, before you pray Fajr, what is closer to the Sunnah? What is according to the Sunnah? That those two Raka'ah, you read a long surah in them, take your time, or to read short surah be as quick as possible of course with khushu in that salah what is better only the person who has knowledge will know that which is better and that which is better is to read the short surah in them and make those two sunnah as fast as possible because that's according to the sunnah and that's why the ulama they say do an act of worship and you attain the sunnah. You do it according to the sunnah. It is better and it is, it is better than doing much actions. The one that reads a long surah takes his time in those two raka'ah of the sunnah of fajr. It doesn't have the same reward. It's not attained the same position as the one that did it according to the sunnah of the prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
which is why the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in the hadith, "Man yurid Allah bi khayran yufqihu fi al-din." That whoever Allah subhanahu wa taala wants good for, it gives him understanding of the religion, fiqh al-din, the understanding of the religion of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Likewise, a person Allah taala doesn't want good for, Allah subhanahu wa taala does not give him or her understanding of the religion. Subhanallah. Because you could do a small action, but that small action, the fact is based on knowledge. According to the Sunnah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is much better than somebody who does many actions. Man yuridillah bi khairan yufaqihu fi din. Whoever Allah subhanahu wa taala wants good for, Allah taala gives him understanding of din. Whoever Allah taala wants good for, and why is this such a goodness? The reason that this is such a goodness is this: that aslu najah. The root of salvation. لا يحصل العبد لا يحصل العبد إلا بصحة التوحيد. Will never ever be attained by a servant of Allah except that his tawheed is correct. والسلامة من شوائب الشرك and is free from the impurities of shirk. This is the root of salvation. وتمام النجاة and complete and perfect salvation. لا يحصل للعبد a servant could not attain it إلا بماذا except with صحة العبادة except that his act of worship is correct and also what سلامة من شوائب البدعة it is free from the impurities of what of بدعة and there's no way a person could make sure his act of worship is correct and free from what Free from the impurities of bid'ah, except by knowing. And I want you to take note on this one: that all his acts of worship that all his or act of worship is according to the Sharia in six issues. And all of these six issues, which I want to take note of, it needs knowledge. And what are these six things? That all our acts of worship, and this shows the importance of learning our obligations. It has to be in accordance to the Sharia, according to the six issues. These six issues or these six affairs. What is the first of those affairs when it comes to any act of worship? What is the first of those affairs? We have to make sure that any act of worship is in accordance to Sharia. First and foremost, fi sabab. It has to be according to the Sharia in terms of the reason or the cause behind why we're doing it. This is the first of the six. And by making sure any act of worship we're doing, the sabab, the cause, or the core reason is according to the Sharia of Allah Azza wa Jal, we don't fall into bid'ah. For example, a person, man or woman, or people, they claim to love the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and based on their love, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is something we should all have, they celebrated Mawlid. This sabab, the reason for celebrating this Mawlid. Is it something that's affirmed by the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? No. Therefore, they fall into bid'ah. For example, Layla Sabah wa Ishirin, the twenty-seventh night of Ramadan. Layla Sabah wa Ishirin. Some of the ulama say Layla Tuqadar. If a person chooses on those odd nights, twenty-first, twenty-third, twenty-fifth, twenty-seventh, to specifically make Umrah on those nights. Is it something commendable or is it something blameworthy? 
if they do it, or it didn't happen coincidentally, they say the 27th, being that it could be Laylatul Qadr, I'm going to be in Umrah. Is it commendable or is it blameworthy? It is blameworthy. And why is it blameworthy? Because the reason for choosing that night for going for Umrah, is it something affirmed by the Sharia? No. That which is affirmed by the Sharia, when it comes to the odd nights, or Laylatul Qadr, is to do what? Dua and Salah. So it's not something that is what? That the reason is found in the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Layla, the night of Sabu Ishreen of Rajab, the 27th of Rajab, in which they say the Prophet sallallahu was taken on Mi'raj. If a person knowing this is the night the Prophet sallallahu was taken on Mi'raj, and for that reason, he decides in the same way the Prophet sallallahu went Mi'raj that night, he's going to stay up the whole night to do tahajjud. Is this accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person, Yomu Jumu'ah, on the day of Jumu'ah, decides specifically on the day of Jumu'ah, I'm going to do a lot of salah, salvation, and sending peace and blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu is this accepted or not accepted? If this is their reason, is it accepted or not accepted? You could unmute them to answer, inshallah. Is this accepted or not accepted? Now, accepted or not accepted? Accepted. Why is it accepted? Because there's a deal that we should make salutation for the Prophet on Friday. Barakallah Because there's hadith. And ayah, inna Allah Allah and his messenger, they send salutations upon the Prophet. And specifically, Yom Jumu'ah. So number one, whatever act you do, you have to make sure it's, a, it's according to Sharia in terms of sabbath. Number two, It has to be in accordance to the Sharia in its type. For example, from that which is legislated for al-adha is to sacrifice. And the type of things we sacrifice mean from cattle. So a person sacrificed a goat. It cost him 1,500 riyal. Another person is so grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He wants to sacrifice the best thing which he has. So he sacrifices, for example, uh, a horse. Yes, the most expensive type of horse. Is this accepted by Allah azza wa No, because the type is not according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thirdly, it has to be according to the share of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his what? In terms of the quantity. So if, for example, salatul duhr, arba'a raka'at, is four raka'at. So if a person prays more than four raka'at, out of gratefulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wanting to increase, this is a bid'ah, and is not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fourthly, it has to be according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kayfiyya, in terms of how that act of worship is done. So for example, a person is making wudu. So the person starts washing his leg and then he wipes his head and then he washes his hand and then his face. Is his wudu accepted? No, because this is not how the Prophet taught us to make wudu. The kefiya, the how. Or the Prophet when it comes to salah, he says, salu. Pray as you've seen me praying. So you could find a person that's been praying for 20 years. 
if his salah, subhanahu maliki qudus, is not according to the way of the Prophet sallallahu and obligations of the salah are missing, the pillars of the salah are missing, and the person has access to knowledge and they seek knowledge, that salah may not be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fifthly, it has to be according to the sharia in terms of a zaman. In terms of what? Of the time. So for example, the sacrifice of al-adha or udhiya, if a person decides to do it from the first of dhul-hijjah, the first of what? Dhul-hijjah. Is this accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No, it's not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or some people that do in month of Ramadan, they sacrifice or they do sacrifice qurban in the month of Ramadan in getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is this accepted? No, because Ramadan is not a time for you to be doing the udhiyah. Lastly, it has to be according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of the place. This is the last, in terms of the place. So for example, if a person decides to do i'tikah, which is isolation in the month of Ramadan, in other than the masjid, is this i'tikah, is it accepted? La. Because al-i'tikah la yakunu illa fil masajid. An i'tikaf is not performed except in the masjid. What about the case of a woman? A woman who says she wants to do i'tikaf in the musalla, the prayer area of her home. Is this i'tikaf, is it accepted? No, because it's contrary to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, when you go to the haram sometime, the place of the tawaf is congested. So a person could not go around the tawaf, so he goes and do tawaf rather than around the Kaaba, min al masjid, from around or behind the masjid. It's tawaf la yasihu abadan. So anything we do, it has to be according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, any act of ibadah, according to these things, according to what these takes issues. And there's no way a person could make sure the acts of worship like salah is according to these things, except for what? Except for ilm. And this ilm, especially what you're doing now with fiqh, it takes, subhanAllah, a lot of patience. Fiqh is not the easiest of things to learn or the easiest of things to study because sometimes there's so many intricate details, so many things involved, so many things you may have to memorize, so many things you may have to understand. But no, as the Prophet wasallam said, man yuridillahu bihi khayran, Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for, you faqihu fi deen. Allah ta'ala gives him understanding of the religion. And be patient, because knowledge is not attained except with knowledge, with patience. And when it comes to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wasbir nafsaka ma'al ladhina yad'oona rabbahum bilghadati wal'ashi. When Allah ta'ala ordered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, persevere with those yad'oona rabbahum, with those calling upon their Lord night and day. Be patient with them. Some of the ulama in the tafsir, they said the people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering that people should persevere with and be patient with are those in majalis of fiqh, those in the gatherings of fiqh, where fiqh is being taught, the understanding of how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The understanding of al-ahkam al-shari'iyah. 
the rules and regulations of the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is taken from specific evidences from the Quran, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So we repeat and reiterate the obligation, the importance of learning our obligations, the importance of learning first and foremost generally, that the first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa the first thing, not only that he revealed to the Prophet sallallahu but rather he commanded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with, was, was, with, was what? What's the first thing Allah revealed to him and commanded him with? The first thing Allah ta'ala, he revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa not only revealed to him, he commanded him with was what? Iqra, read. That's the first command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And reading is from the means of a person attaining knowledge. And when we say reading, we don't just mean read without understanding, because reading without understanding is not really reading. So if a person is reading a book in English, in Arabic, and they're pronouncing the words, but they don't understand or comprehend that which they're reading, this is not reading. They're just producing sound with your mouth. Reading is to understand. And that's why when the munafiqeen, the hypocrites in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi about the Hufad Al-Quran, the ones who memorize the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, that is said about them, مَا رَأَيْنَا مِثْلَ قُرَّاءِنَا هَأُولَى We've not seen the likes of our Qurra, these Qurra. We've not seen مِثْلُ قُرَّاءِ هَأُولَى The likes of these readers. They didn't say the likes of these scholars. In order to try and put down the Sahab, the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi the people that have no fiqh, at all, indeed, the people that made that statement, the munafiqeen. Because Allah Ta'ala said, وَلَكِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ The munafiqeen, they will never have understanding of the religion of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Two things Allah Ta'ala will give munafiq, good character, and understand the deen of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And that's what the Sahabi, Rajallahu Ta'ala, he said, كَيْفَ بِكُمْ How wretched your affairs will be when the Qura'ukum, the ones that read from you, they just read, are many وَفُقَهَاءُكُمْ And the ones that have fiqh, understand the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are so few. Subhanallah. And the greatest understanding that a person needs to have, and I repeat and I reiterate, the foundation of all knowledge is knowledge of La ilaha illallah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the first obligation. It sent all the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the messengers, from Nuh to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one message, core message, fundamentals of all things. Ya qawmi ibudullah, O my people worship Allah. Wa laqad ba'athna fi kulli ummah rasoolan. We've raised in every single nation a messenger, a ni'budullah. Worship Allah, wajtani buttawud. I'm not saying the knowledge of fiqh is not important, it is very important. But the foundation of all knowledge, my dear brothers and sisters, the foundation, the first obligation is knowledge of Tawheed. So make sure that is solid. Make sure that is your solid foundation because that knowledge of Tawheed, it affects everything else afterwards. So start with books of Tawheed, such as Usul al-Thalatha, Kitab al-Tawheed, Aqeedah wa from scholars upon the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the obligation of learning, starting with the first thing we should learn the, about the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very, 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 very important. 
and re reiterated that knowledge is not an extra or seeking knowledge, an extracurricular activity. There's certain types of knowledge which is obligatory upon every single one of us. So again, the obligation is an obligation upon us to begin with learning the knowledge of a tawheed. Likewise, we have to have knowledge of the fiqh, understanding the rules and regulations concerning acts of worship, ibadah, worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to have knowledge of all these things. Because having knowledge of these things, subhanAllah, it increases you in so many ways in terms of your reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you're in certain situations or in certain circumstances, you find a way out of those circumstances. And your act of worship will be more fulfilling and it'll be more rewardable because you actually understand what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with this, he raises your position. It's dunya wal akhirah. Because we said the issue is not about the readers only. The issue is not about the memorizers. And that's why the Sahaba, عنهم, their understanding that the person that is most deserved to lead the salah is what? What is the sunnah, the one that should lead the salah? Who has the priority to read the salah? Aqra'ukum bikitabillah. Aqra'ukum bikitabillah. It doesn't mean the one that's memorized the most in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is to understand the Sahaba radiallahu Not the one that's memorized the most, the one who has the most understanding of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look how Allah ta'ala raised the level of those who have fiqh. So for example, you're doing these fiqh classes of salah. Jayid, and you have a person who's a half of the Quran, is memorized the whole book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you have another person who's memorized half a quarter of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or five Jews, but he has fiqh understanding of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. According to the understanding of the Sahaba, who should lead the salah? The one that's memorized the most of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the one that has 10 Jews, a third of the Quran, yet he has fiqh of the understanding of Allah, the deen of Allah. Who has more power to lead the salah? According to the understanding of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, the one that has the priority to lead the salah is the one that has the most fiqh. And this makes absolute sense. Why? If the one that has memorized the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no fiqh, understanding of rules and regulations of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he makes a mistake in salah, and he doesn't know what to do in the salah, not only does it affect his salah, it affects the salah of the people behind him. The people is leading in salah because he has no understanding what to do when he forgets something in salah. Maybe he forgot to go, maybe he forgot to say Allahu liman hamida. Maybe he forgot the second tashahud. Maybe he prayed three rakah instead of four rakah. Maybe five, five rakah instead of four rakah. He has no understanding. So it's not about qira'ah, but fiqh. And this is why fiqh is very important. Look how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this fiqh. He raises your position that you have the priority to lead the salah. And this is why the hadith of the Prophet in which he said, let the people that should be in the front row, it's not an obligation, but it's more befitting the people of the front, that should be in the front row, the people of Ahlam, people of maturity and understanding. And based on this, some of the scholars say, in the first row, it is not obligatory, but rather better for the people of maturity to understand to be in the front row. Why? 
if the imam and it has happened for example i'm leading the salam the imam and behind me are children or behind me are people that have no fiqh understanding of the deen of allah azawajal, i suddenly become tired or for example i realize i have no ablution i could pull one of them from the back and bring him to the front to lead the salah but if all the people behind me have no understanding or their children no fiqh of the deen of allah azawajal, how am i going to be able to do that but if the people behind me they have understanding of the rules and the regulation of salah they have more priority to be in the front they have more priority to be in the front row more priority to be in the front row subhanallah so with this fiqh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it raises a person's position subhanallah even when it comes to simple things like the adhan and this is part of the salah the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said Qulu Say as the Mu'addin, he says. A person that has understanding of the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and is in salah and the Mu'addin is making the adhan and he's praying sunnah, for example. Does he say what the Mu'addin, does he say what he says while he's in salah? Because we know dhikr is part of salah. So if a person is praying and he sneezes and he said, alhamdulillah, it doesn't invalidate or make his salah null and void because he's doing dhikr. And dhikr, remembrance of Allah, is part of the salah. So you could say in salah, alhamdulillah. What about the adhan? What does he do? The adhan is, is not just one word, it's many words. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when it comes to salah, he said, salah When it comes to salah, you're preoccupied. So you cannot do what you would do as when he's sneezing. What about a person who's reading the Quran? And this shows the importance of fiqh also. You're reading the Quran and the Adhan goes. What should you continue with? The recitation of the Quran or say that which the Mu'addin is saying? A person that's learned fiqh and has learned usul of fiqh and the principle of the religion of Allah Azza wa Jal will automatically know what to do and what is more rewardable. It will know there's a principle in fiqh that dhikru any form of remembrance that has a specific reason takes priority over general remembrance. And this, repeating what the Mu'addina said, it has a reason and a cause behind it. The Prophet has ordered it, as ordered it as something which is mustahab, which is preferred. And for general reminders or general members of Allah Azza wa Jalla, the Quran, it's good, but this takes precedence over it. So for these reasons, learning the obligations of our religion is something very important, the pillars of Islam. Because we said there's knowledge is far and obligatory, am general on all of us. And there's knowledge which is khas, which is obligatory on specific individuals. There's knowledge which is upon all individuals and there's knowledge upon specific individuals depending upon their circumstances. Some of us, we have situation and circumstances whereby we either have enough savings or we have businesses or we have rental properties or we have things we put out for sale or gold, whatever it may be, that zakah is obligatory upon those specific individuals. But yet many, when it comes to ahkamu zakah, when it comes to the rules and the regulations of salah, some people are not aware of it at all. Subhanallah. Some of us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has blessed us with the wealth and the physical well-being of Hajj. 
Yet when you go for Hajj, you go for Umrah, you find people making many mistakes, or in some cases, people seeing others making mistakes, but because they have no knowledge of the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal, they copy them. I'll give you an example. Even those in Arabic, and I end up with SubhanAllah, that are born in Saudi Arabia, for example, and they've lived there all their lives, and they're born there, they are the Saudis. Some of them have no fiqh of the religion. When some of the foreigners come and they do the strangest action, they're copying them in the action because not understand the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. They fall into taqlid. So I remember there's a message called Masjid Aisha, uh, Masjid Tan'in, which people go. Uh, it's like uh, if a woman, for example, she enters and she has to do Umrah, she goes to Masjid Aisha, she's on a monthly and come back from there and do Ihram from there and come back in again. So some people, in their ignorance, they believe there's some kind of special thing by this Masjid Aisha. So he said, when some of the foreigners are going past Masjid Aisha, and they were, they were walking past it or in their cars or in the coaches, they would do takbir, Allahu Akbar. So he said, when he saw them doing that, he himself did it, Allahu Akbar, going past Masjid Aisha and raised his hand. SubhanAllah. Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, he mentioned something interesting regarding uh, As-Sa'i, when you go between Safa and Marwa. Back in those days, a very long time ago, it wasn't built as an indoor area as it is now, between Safa and Marwa. It was like outdoors, the shops on the left and the right of you, it was completely outdoors. So Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, he said, one person had a shop, yes, there. And one of the shiuch was making a sa'i between Safa and Marwa, and he wanted to put a shoe in the person's shop. He knew the person. So as he was doing sa'i between Safa and Marwa, he took his shoe and he threw it into that shop. He said, so many people behind him, they took off their shoes, started throwing it into the shop, believing that part of that. The Sa'i. Wallahu ta'ala musta'an. We stop with this insha'Allah ta'ala. And bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we will pause for any questions insha'Allah.